You're listening to The Sourced Property Podcast with Stephen Moss and Chris Kirkwood. Hello and welcome to another Sourced Property Podcast. Like always, if this is your first podcast, please go back to our previous history, download all the other podcasts that we've recorded for you and give them a listen because there is a huge amount of value in there. So like always, we're going to kick off with the news. And this week, we're going to talk about a report that I saw, which says Edinburgh is home to the Britain's fastest moving property market. Now, fastest moving property market, what does that actually mean? And how does that compare to other reports that you'll see about different cities in the UK? Because you'll see one city's had the best capital growth over the last 12 months, or maybe over the last five years or that rental prices have gone up the most in that city in compared to other cities around it. So you've got rental prices going up, you've got capital uplift, and you've got how fast the property market is moving. So Steve, welcome to another podcast. Thank you very much. What do you think? Is this something? Is, is this a good report to go by? I think it is a good report. It's a, it's a reflection of what we've discussed previously in podcasts in terms of how well the Scottish market's doing. Is it the statistic you should use just to buy and invest in Scotland? Not solely. And again, it reflects on what your strategy is going to be. If your strategy is to buy, to flip, then it's a fantastic statistic because you know that that flip process is going to be relatively quick. If you're looking to buy to hold, it doesn't really affect what you're doing, does it? It doesn't affect that strategy. So I think it's something to take into account, but not something to base your decision solely on. Because if you're flipping, you've got conveyancing on both sides, right? So normally in the UK, how long does the conveyancing process usually take? on average the whole process is 16 weeks so but up to exchange is about 10 11 weeks right okay so if you've got that whole 16 weeks at the back end of a project you're obviously still paying costs on that project and therefore it's going to take money off the off your bottom line of that flip and therefore this would help to make you more money right yeah exactly it gives you a bit more confidence doesn't it knowing that you're going into something and you can move that project on a lot quicker it gives you that confidence and as you said it saves you money potentially by you know a month, two months. Now, obviously, we need to look at Scotland is a different country, so they have different rules on conveyancing. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to use this report and we're going to start. We're going to talk about Scotland and how conveyancing is different because it might not just be about the property market. It might be about the way that they do things, which means why the property market is moving faster in Scotland than in the rest of the UK. So following on from that news article about Scotland, today being the 13th of November, today is actually the Scottish Association of Landlords National Landlord Day, which is in Edinburgh. So we thought that we'd make the whole podcast dedicated to Scotland. Producer M, can you tell us a little bit about the show? It's one of the biggest landlord conferences in the UK and it takes place each November. And us from Sourced are there. So we've got a couple of our offices that are, are exhibiting and we are on stand one and there's 44 stands in total this time and it's at dynamic in edinburgh excellent so if you're in scotland if you're around there uh, you want to go and take a look you're interested in property then that would be a great place for you to go and that's if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out today so today is the 13th of november and that's the day that the show is we hear a lot of people in the uk who want to buy properties they go up into the north of England, which is where we're based, and then they sort of stop at the border. They don't even consider Scotland as a strategy. What do you think about that? It's something obviously very, very common. Typically, it's more your London investors, isn't it? When you talk to a London investor about investing and you ask them where they want to invest, it's 
anywhere north but then they stop at that border as you said and you know we were talking earlier about what are the reasons behind that why do people stop at that border and not look a little bit further afield and i think people are starting to do that and you can see that from the statistics on edinburgh and statistics on glasgow the properties are selling quicker rental yields are increasing there's lots and lots of benefits but there is still this kind of big hurdle in the way and there are a couple of key things people know the system is different i think sometimes they're unaware of what that system is and how unique that can be or the benefits to them potentially the distance and also as well the unknown you know if you if you really don't know that area well enough funding as well is another big thing you know how easy is funding to get in a, in a different country so i think there's some of the key things that we're going to discuss today to look at how we can educate investors to look at these markets and what they're missing out on as well so talking about funding let's let's go there first so specifically property investors are going to be using bridging finance much more than a standard person buying a property Right. So does bridging not apply in Scotland? No, you, you can get bridging. Again, it comes down to if you are looking to do bridging in, in Scotland, it's often quite easier to use a bridging company based in Scotland because they understand the systems. Quite often as well, with bridging companies in England, they'll only allow funding to happen in the likes of Glasgow or Edinburgh potentially Aberdeen, key locations that they see, not sort of on the outskirts or in between, you know, just a little bit afraid or a little bit unsure of how they can resell those properties quick enough if there's a problem or issue. So one of the advice I would give to any investors is speak to people at bridging companies or finance companies that are based in, in, uh, in those countries, which will help them. And that's bridging is basically, that's the same issue that, that investors have. So they, investors don't know the area very well, so they don't want to invest there. Bridging companies are exactly the same. They don't know the area very well, so they don't want to take security on a property where they don't know the area, they don't know the resale, they don't know, you know, they don't have that assurance yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's about either educating themselves, and quite often with the bridging companies, as we're talking about the finance, you find that they've got that much work going on in England that you can imagine, can't you? If they've got enough work going on, why learn about a different system? Why learn about statistics and the sales cycle and the, the timescales? When in actual fact, Scotland offers so many more benefits for securing the investment for investors through the legal process, home reports and different things we're going to talk about, but particularly the finance is a challenging hurdle that people face. And it's something that, you know, there are ways around it. You just need to do a little bit more research. So let's have a look at the research then. Let's have a look at whether the two big cities in Scotland are actually a good place to invest. You looked into the stats a little bit. So in comparison to cities in the UK, what did you find? Yeah, we found that typically Glasgow is very similar to the likes of Liverpool in terms of statistics. So it offers good yields, an average high yield of about 8.4%. Average purchase price is £174,000. So actually not too dissimilar to the likes of Liverpool, which it's actually always reflected the growth of Liverpool as well. So I think it's doing that at the moment. A lot of people in the industry and sector are targeting Liverpool at the moment because they see it as being a city that's growing. In the last five years, Liverpool for investors has gone absolutely crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think there's something very similar with the likes of Glasgow. Edinburgh is a little bit different because typically the house prices are more expensive. Average price, 225000 which obviously reduces your yield to about 5%. Edinburgh has a, a secret market, if you like, which is absolutely booming, which is the serviced accommodation. It's one of the most popular locations for people to go and visit in terms of weekends away, uh, short breaks. So therefore, the serviced accommodation market is, is doing fantastically well. Okay, and you mentioned earlier about the difference in the conveyancing process. 
So people don't know about it. They probably do know that it's different, but they don't actually know how it's different and how it applies to them. And difference can mean scary. However, the research that we've done would suggest that the way that they conveyance in Scotland is actually a lot better, a lot fairer, and a lot quicker. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no. It's not just the research we've done online. We're very fortunate that we've got an office in Glasgow. We've got an office in Edinburgh. So not only are we, we looking online and reading statistics, we're talking to the guys that are actually doing this day in, day out, buying properties, developing land and refurbishments, conversions, etc. So they give you a great insight. And often when we meet up and do training events and uh, social events, we talk about how much better their system is. Because if you go before the legal process starts, you have something called a home report. And the home report typically includes a survey, a questionnaire from the seller and an EPC or an energy performance. And it's something that very similar. I don't, I don't know if you recall the HIPS packs that we, we had in England that we were trialing. So before anybody even goes to look at the property, this pack could be in place. Before you put it on the market, you have to have that pack. Right. Yeah. We tried this in England. We, we had a HIPS pack. So very similar. We would do a survey. There'd be a report on the property. There'd be the EPC questionnaire. And it worked really well because what it did, it, any buyers coming to look at the property, they already had a lot of information to digest and make a, a decision. So behind that, you were reducing fall-throughs because people weren't finding out there was an issue on the survey or finding something out about the property they didn't like. They already had that information to make a decision before they started. For whatever reason, the government decided not to carry on with it in England, but Scotland have stuck with it. And it's something that I believe is is very, very good and and certainly helps buyers uh, identify potential issues or have a really good understanding of actually what is this property worth. So you go and look at the property, have a look at the home report that's been created, then make an offer. And then once that offer is accepted, presumably the next stages of the conveyancing process are much, much quicker because you've already got that survey in place. Yeah, well, one of the unique things as well in terms of the actual offer is a solicitor puts the offer forward on your behalf. So again, already you're engaging professionals in the process. It's not a case of you're just putting an offer to an estate agency and they're negotiating it that way. It's done through the solicitors. So the solicitor's already involved at a very early stage. And as you said quite rightly, they've already got a pack ready of information they can start to work from. And therefore, the next stage of the process is sort of, in England, it would be to get the survey. That's all cut out. And then these surveys can be used to secure funding. So if you need to go for a mortgage, that survey can get used for the mortgage company to then base their lending on, right? Yeah, it can. It depends on who you're using for funding. So some funders will require their own survey, but quite often you can use a home report as well. So the home reports are done by professional RIC surveyors, and it's something that can be used in the process. And as you said quite rightly, when it comes to the solicitors and the solicitor puts an offer forward, the next step then is... You know, for a documentation to come from the seller, subject to obviously the offer being accepted, the seller's solicitor release a pack, inquiries take place, and then they get to a binding situation much, much quicker. How long do the reports last? Finance companies will accept a report that's been created in the last three months. So if it's longer than that, you might need to get another another home report made. A good idea as well on our podcast, on the link, we'll put an example of that home report so our listeners can have a look and check one out to see what they look like. So I mentioned earlier that the process, it becomes legally binding a lot quicker. And that's based on the fact that once the offer is accepted, the solicitors are in touch, they deal with their inquiries, and then they get to a stage fairly quickly called concluding missives. Now that in our English conversion is exchange, and that's what makes the transaction legally binding. So it happens typically at a much quicker point. I think the average is what, four weeks? It can go between one day to four weeks. One day, that's phenomenal. On average. Well, as you look in in England and the average is 10 weeks, which is a huge, huge difference. And during every single week, you're at risk of potentially losing that property either through 
gazumping or changing the market or anything along those lines. Whereas I think this is much, much better from a buyer's point of view. And it also gives you security, doesn't it? Because until you've exchanged or concluded missives, you don't have any security in that sale. All right, you might lose out on a bit of money if you've instructed a professional to do anything for you. But as you say, in England, it takes up to 10 weeks. But in Scotland, it can take a day. So you already get to that point where you're committed to the sale, and so is the other side in a much quicker time frame. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And even not just from the, the buyer's point of view, but from the seller's point of view, I suppose it gives you the comfort that if you're moving to another property, you can do exactly the same thing and get that next property secure. And you just know where you stand, don't you? And that's one of the key things. One of the biggest issues in this sector, and you know, we experience this on a weekly basis with, with our network, is gazumping. We had uh, a couple of guys in uh, end of last week, and one of the guys, Phil, he'd had an offer accepted Friday mm-hmm. and then had a message on Sunday to say someone's put a higher offer in, you know, and it, it's constantly ongoing. So it does really remove that and it gives a bit more peace of mind. To the point now where I was reading earlier that there's a, a rumour going around that gazumping is illegal in Scotland, but it actually isn't. It's still legal, but the process is so much tightened in comparison to England that it just doesn't happen as frequently. Yeah, one of the changes in England as well that you see them pop up more and more at the moment are companies that are creating almost sort of bonds in terms of saying to buyers and sellers, invest, you know, if your offer's accepted, put in a thousand pound each. If the seller pulls out, then the buyer gets the thousand pound if and the other way around. So there are companies that are popping up trying to offer services like this. I don't think they've become massively popular. I think it's more a case of if you're an investor and you've lost money on a number of occasions through doing surveys etc and then you've been gazumped you're more likely to put this forward to an estate agent as part of your offer to say look i use this scheme but this is obviously only in england whereas you know scotland they just don't have this issue or problem so we started this by talking about how the scottish market is moving a lot quicker than the uk market we've then come and explained how that's because of the way that they do things more so than their markets Congratulations to them. Do you think England is ever going to adopt that? I mean, you, you talked about the hips packs and that it was trialled, but really, what's the reason that we're not taking it up? I mean, it, it seems crazy. It does seem crazy, yeah. And, you know, no one really knows the answer as to why it's not being implemented. It's probably something down along the lines of political in terms of, well, yeah, Scotland have got it right, but England don't want to admit that, you know, because if we changed our system to theirs straight away, we've done something wrong, haven't we? So it could be something along those lines. I was really shocked when the hips got dropped because it was a good system. It was better, it was easier, and it was quicker. But for whatever reason, the government decided to to withdraw it. So congratulations, Scotland. And uh, we hope that you have a great Scottish Association of Landlords, National Landlord Day today in Edinburgh. Like we said, we're at stand number, what did you say, M1? Yeah, we're at stand number one. Simon Shaw from our Glasgow office is going to be at stand number one today. So if you can go down there, go and say hi. Enjoy. So the tip this week is going to be as simple as go and have a look at Scotland. Have a look at investing in Scotland. Have a look at the opportunities in Scotland because you might not have even considered it in the past, but it is definitely a place that you can make some money out of with property. So we've got two offices in Scotland. We've got Edinburgh and we've got Glasgow. So we've got Simon in Glasgow and we've got Angus in Edinburgh. If you go to our website, which is at www.sourced.co, they both have investment guides for their specific cities. So go and have a look. If that's the first place that you go and you get some tips from there, then that would be fantastic. We'll also put a link in the bio so you can have a look below as always thank you emma thank you steve and thank you very much for listening 
Thank you for listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Visit sourced.co to search thousands of investment properties 